Right now at Safeway, shop the big BOGO sale and get all your favorite cleaning essentials. Buy one, get one 50% off. Head into Safeway and shop for select items like Febreze air fresheners, Airwick scented oil refills, Glade three wick candles, Mr. Clean antibacterial cleaner, Method all purpose cleaner, or soft scrub cleanser. And get them buy one, get one 50% off. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. Uh, I don't know about you, but Sunday's word, did you, were you blessed by Sunday's word? And then this whole series for me has just been on fire. And so, uh, and so I'm ready. All right. So I'm coming out the gate. Y'all ready? I said, y'all ready? Let's go. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us. Do what you do when you do how you do when you do it because you do it so well. Father, we rebuke the spirit of fear. We rebuke the spirit of confusion. We rebuke the spirit of timidity. We rebuke anything contrary to you that's in us. This is the year where all things are made new. This is the year of Joshua. What is that? Well, we're going to see what we said. We're going to possess what we've prayed for. Joshua told the sun to stand still, and it did. And that's the same thing we're going to see. I need you to open up your mouth. Say, I'm going to see what I said. Come on, let me hear you, wizard. Say, I'm going to possess what I prayed for. Say, all things are new. And I need you to declare this with some authority. Say, and I'm living large. Say it again so that the enemy hears you. Say, I'm living large. Say it again so that fear that tried to grip you hears you. Say, I'm living large. Now worship God for five seconds. Let's go. Hey, Chandra Tababashi. Four. Come on, open your mouth. Three. Come on, two. Come on, one. Everybody in the building, everybody online, say, yes, Lord. So this is week two of our series, Living Large, which we've learned means to do two things, to live wealthy and successful. That word wealth we learn is this biblical word, shalom. Say shalom. It means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. I need you to catch that because that's the status of your life. I don't care what it feels like, just because you feel it doesn't mean it's real. In fact, can I submit to you that your greatest thief in your life hasn't been the devil? Can I submit to you the greatest thief in your life hadn't been your generational curses? Can I submit to you the greatest thief in your life has been your, watch this, your inability to manage your emotions. Let's go. Your feelings will rob from you and steal from you and have you make decisions that are bad. And then when you look back, you'll say, how in the world did I make that decision? It is because you did not know how to manage your feelings and what you felt. You thought it was real and you acted on something that was simply nothing more than an illusion. But I need you to know you're sitting on somebody that this year is going to be the year where their their emotions do not manage them. They're going to manage their emotions. This is going to be the year for somebody on your road where they finally conquer the feelings that keep pulling them back into foolishness if you think that's you open your mouth and put a praise on it right there now look at this look at this somebody say there's nothing missing in my life which means if you think there's something missing it's simply because you're not looking at it the right way the bible says that once i come to jesus he's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness which means everything i need i have which means watch me it simply is awaiting my recognition of it and for some of you you're so emotional you can't see that everything you need is within reach 
Y'all ain't going to say that to me. This is why fear comes in. Why? Because what fear does is fear begins to stir every negative emotion that you've ever had. So if you were afraid of dying early, fear comes in and stirs that up. If you were afraid of people rejecting you, fear comes in and stirs that up. If you were afraid of people abandoning you, fear comes in and stirs that up. But I need you to make this declaration and say, there's nothing missing in my life. Then it says nothing lacking. Why is there nothing lacking? Because as long as I've got a seed, I'm never in lack. Why? Because the harvest is literally locked up in the seed. And the Bible says that he gives seed to the sower, which means whenever I find myself in a situation or a scenario where it looks like something is lacking, that's simply because I haven't released what's in my hand. My increase comes through my release. And I pray that, watch me, you don't fall victim to being selfish and stingy when you need to learn how to sow and give. Why? Because that's how you're going to get your breakthrough. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. That's how you're going to get your breakthrough. That's how the door is going to open for you. See, the way the kingdom of God works is this, is that whatever I want, I got to give it first. Here's how the world works. Whatever I want, I need to try to get it up off somebody for a hookup. Y'all ain't talking to me. I, I got to find a way to try to finagle it. I got to scheme it. I got I to gotta hoodwink and bamboozle for But I don't have to do none of that when I live for God. Why? Because when I live for God, all I got to do is release what I want and I'll get what I want. So if I want loyalty, I sow loyalty. If I want consistency, I sow consistency. If I want my money to go up, I sow some money. I'm trying to tell you there's nothing lacking because whatever you want, all you got to do is release it. Would you look at the people up and down on your road say release, release, release. You are literally holding on to your own increase. If what you have in your hand isn't your harvest, it means it's your seed. And this is greater than money. Because some of you, watch me, you've never had consistent people in your life. And so you sow inconsistency into people, which means you keep reaping a harvest of that which you sow. So you keep getting back what you put out. Y'all ain't going to talk. So what you got to understand is this, is that there's no lack because whatever lack I see, I literally have the ability in me to end it with my seed. I wish there was some faith in this room. And let's check it for everybody in here that says, listen, there will be no lack in any area of my life in 2020 for the next decade. I need you to respond with a worship right there. Y'all playing with it. Y'all playing with it. Y'all are playing with it. Somebody say, there will be no lack in my life this decade or this year. You ought to be sick and tired of having to ask folk. You ought to be sick and tired of having to beg, borrow, and steal. You ought to be sick and tired of being depressed. You ought to be sick and tired of being discouraged. Somebody holler, not this decade. You sit next to somebody that said to hell we're going through that stuff over and over again. I didn't cuss. I'm sending it back to where it came from. Hell uh, has three different words in the scripture. And one of them is Gehenna, which means hot trash. There's some stuff you need to put in the trash. Everybody on your row ought to put lack in the trash. Everybody on your row ought to put depression in the trash. Everybody on your row ought to put family drama in the trash. It, I wish you would sit next to somebody that was about to take the trash out. You done dealt with enough trashy people and trashy conversation and trashy mess. This year, I'm taking the trash out. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing like it. All is well. So it means to be shalom and successful. And we've learned that success is different for every person. Because what you're created to do is different than what somebody else is created to do. And if you don't recognize your difference, then you will mess up your distinction. And when you mess up your distinction, you will literally die from competition. You missed it. You're going to be competing with people that you cannot compete with because you're not the same as them, nor are you called to do the same thing. This pen would look a fool talking about this phone. You say, why in the world is the pen talking about the phone? They have two different purposes. So the pen is successful when it writes. The phone is successful when it calls. You missed what I just said. But here's what happens. You will get caught up in competition with people. Watch this, talking about how they write. When watch me, you can't write no how. So now you're looking at people and hating on other people, talking about other people. Look at what they got. Look at what they got. Listen, you don't know what they've been through, so you don't understand how they got to where it is that they are. See, listen, if you weren't there when I cried, I don't want you to say nothing when I shout. Y'all ain't talking. If you weren't there when I had to struggle, I don't want you saying nothing when I'm surging. If you didn't see my tears, then I don't want you saying nothing about my joy. 
I need you to release this over your life. Say, I won't compete with anybody. Say, I'm only in competition with yesterday's version of myself. It feels good in here. Would you look at somebody again and say, I will not compete with anybody. Uh-huh. Say, I will do what I'm supposed to do. You literally will ruin your own ability to enjoy your own life because you are in a constant state of competition with somebody you can never compete with because you're not them. Say shalom and success. Which means when I see somebody else winning, I can literally shout for them. Why? Because you can't do what I do. I can't do what you do. So I better shout for you and you better shout for me. But if you don't, watch me shout for myself. This next shout is for you. Go. Y'all ain't saying nothing. This next shout is for all of the times you had to encourage yourself. This next shout is for all the times you had to lift yourself up. Somebody holler, I'll shout for me. So watch, watch, watch. Shalom and successful. Now, this series has been based on Isaiah 54, using the imagery of a barren widow woman to represent his people post-Jesus, which means this is literally talking about his people post-Jesus. So when we read Isaiah 54, even though it was prophesied before Jesus hit the earth, it is literally talking about something that's to come. So even though, watch this, it's pre-Jesus, it's actually talking about us post-Jesus, which means God is so amazing that before he knew that you were going to have a need, he created a way. God is so amazing that before he knew that you were going to have a problem, he created a solution. God is so amazing that before you ever got hurt by your daddy, he gave you healing from your daddy. He's so amazing that before you ever had an issue, he came up to be Emmanuel, which means I'll be God with you, which means right in the middle of your issue, he's right there. So we looked at this verse, Isaiah 54 and 1. Sing a what? A new song. And what have we learned? That you only need a song when you're about to have a party. And many of you, watch me, it's amazing to watch your faith go through the cycles. And you have to be careful because many of you, you literally will take on the spirit of the world. So even though you're out of Egypt, Egypt is all up in you. And so you can't even sing a new song because you're watching the news while they're singing an old song. Mm. Leave it right there. But I wish you would make this declaration and say, I'm singing a new song though. Yeah, you don't even say it like you mean it. That's all right. I'll preach to myself. I'm singing a new song, though. I'm not singing the same one from 19. I'm not singing the same one from the last decade. I'm singing a new song. Sing, O barren one, who did not bear. So remember, it's using this imagery of a widow woman, but it's talking about you and I. So that means it's talking about us. It's talking about his church. Sing, O barren one, who, which means you did not produce, who did not bear. Somebody say, that's past tense. Say, that's over. Break forth or push your way into singing and cry aloud. And I said this on Sunday, your victory needs your voice. And that phrase there means to ask out loud and to be clear. So we learned on Sunday that's not just prayer, but it's how we pray. I gave you three large prayers on Sunday that you need to pray. I even sent them to you today on the mobile app. I pray that you pray them. I pray that you get them. I'm going to hit them again one more time. Can I get you to open your mouth and repeat this with me? Say, God, guard my tongue from limiting my life. Say, Father, cause me to be who I need to be to see what you said. And here's the last one. Say, Lord, cause me to use my pain to enlarge me and not end me. When you pray those prayers, because let's tell the truth. Sometimes when you are dealing with frustration, you're dealing with anger, you're dealing with all these issues, you literally do not even know what to pray or what to say. So rather than saying, Lord, give me fruit instead, show me what I need to be so I can be fruitful. See, here's the difference. I'm not trying to work to become. If you make me, then I am. And so if I am, I'll receive what the one that is would get. Y'all got what I'm saying right there? Run that back. Which means, watch me. If he makes me who I need to be, then I'll see everything that I need to see. And you got somebody on your road who keeps trying to deal with fruit, but they have never addressed root, which is why you keep going through the same cycle. But you also got somebody on your road that can say, I'm not living in those cycles no more. I'm not dealing with the same stuff no more. Matter of fact, I'm so doggone mad, I could just holler, scream, and cuss at the same time. 
because something has got to change. Is there anybody in this building where you're grateful for what God has done in your life, but you look at some areas and you can say something has got to change? Well, I'm here to tell you it's getting ready to happen. Hey, shababa. I need you to release a praise right there. Somebody say it's getting ready to happen. Yeah, you sit next to somebody that's a game changer, baby. You sit next to somebody you ain't even going to be able to recognize who they are after a while. It's getting ready. So let's go. Cry aloud. That means to pray. I'm moving fast because I gave you this on Sunday. It means to ask out loud and to be clear. So it's, and it's not just prayer, but it was how we pray. So I said on Sunday, we got to come correct. So there was three ways in which this word cry aloud. Say cry aloud. So it, this literally means to pray. This is to pray. And in this prayer, God says, I want you to say it out loud. This is why I have you say so many things out of your mouth. Because your victory needs your voice. There are no, watch me, there are no quiet victories. In Hong, uh, over in China, when they were excited about the numbers going down, you know what they did? They had a party. <clears throat> why? Because they said, we're making progress. Shut your doggone mouth. And some of y'all, you need to learn how to have a party. Watch me. I ain't all the way there, but I'm, I'm closer than I was yesterday. I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. I'm making progress. See, maybe you used to cuss 400 times a day. Now you're down to 375. Progress! Maybe you used to attract projects and, and you would bring them in your house and marry them and date them and all is here. And you ain't done that in a whole six months. Progress! Well, look at me with that tone of face. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you're making progress. You're making progress. Look, 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 look. So, so it's not just prayer, but it's how we pray. So it means we got to come correct. We live in a time where people want to come how they want to come and then expect benefit from who they come to when they don't come correct. You don't get to approach royalty any old kind of way. You, you need to do this here. You need to do Listen, I, I rebuke your entitlement. Mm. Don't nobody owe you nothing. You know what's amazing to me is we got a whole, and y'all can't even say, because people are like, it's the millennials. Mm-mm, it's everybody. Please, please hear me. Please hear me. It's, it's from the rooter to the two. It's everybody. Where there is this sense of entitlement. Let me tell you why it's happening in America. Because it's coming from the highest office in the land. You ain't saying nothing to me. And so that spirit has now been released because that's what's sitting at the top. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. But I need you to hear me. Nobody owes you jack. Don't nobody owe you nothing. Don't nobody owe... Okay, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Because you'll come to God thinking he owe you something. So when you pray, you come the way you want to come because you think he owe you something. So you won't come with praise. You come with attitude. You ain't going to talk to me. You don't come with worship. You come with attitude. And God says, listen, you might be able to come to your spouse that way, but I ain't your spouse. You may be able to go to your mama that way. I ain't your mama. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. If you're going to come to me, you're going to come correct, God says. And here's the deal. He didn't say come correct like have it all together. He said come correct like this. It means, watch this, come with cheer. Be happy. God was like, how are you going to pray and be miserable? When you go make an order for a restaurant, got it? I don't know about you, but some in me gets happy. All right? A lot of judgment in the room. Because I'm thinking I'm going to throw down. It's about to go down. And so listen, so I'm excited to order. In fact, I don't even like when there's people around me that's taking a long time to order. Asking all them questions. You should have checked that on Google before we got here. It's time to order right now. What do you like? Listen, you should have asked her that before I sat down. It's time to order. What's the order? Prayer. Come on. Because what does it mean to pray? To ask or to cry aloud. You can't even, watch me, you can't even get a, a waiter or a waitress to, watch me, to know your order without you opening your mouth. So, watch me, it's the same way with God. Say, cry aloud. It means come with cheer. It means come with joy. Watch me. And it means to come with a shout. If you don't like it loud, you are not going to be around God. If you read your Bible, the Bible says that God is surrounded by noise. What do you mean? He's surrounded by angels talking back and forth to my holy. And then they throw it back to one another. Holy, 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 all day. And God says, listen, God says, listen. You might call it extra, 
But watch me. But who else has created you? Who else saved you? Who else has made a way for you? See, I hope you don't let somebody on your road silence shut you down. I, I need you to make this declaration and say, I'm going to be loud on purpose. God says, when you come to me, come to me with a shout. So I'm going to give you a chance. And if somebody on your road don't shout, please hear me. This would be a good time to stand up and pretend like you got to go to the bathroom and just scoot your way over to another seat. Don't let somebody on your road shut you down. On the count of three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give God what he likes. What does he like? He says, come correct. Come with cheer, come with rejoicing, and come with shouting. One, two, three, go. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him what he likes Wednesday. Give him what he likes online. Why do I shout? Because in the Bible, our shout, it mimics the ram's horn. It's called the shofar. And whenever the ram's horn or the shofar was blown, everything that was out of order came into order. Watch me. So every time I shout, I'm not being emotional. Every time I shout, I'm being spiritual. What do you mean? Because I'm calling stuff that's out of order into order, which means my shout will get more done for me than my skill. My shout will get more done for me. See, you don't even understand. Because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God for the pulling down of strongholds. What does that mean? It means it doesn't make sense naturally. Naturally, you just sitting there shouting up because I counted to three. Some of you are like, that's crazy. No, what you don't understand is what I just released in the atmosphere, told my family to get yourself together. Told my finances, get yourself together. Y'all ain't talking to me. It told your emotions, get yourself together. So I'm going to give you one more chance, please. One more chance. Give him one more chance. On the count of three, everybody release a shout. One, two, three, go. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say one more time. Say, thank you, Jesus. Listen. You who have not been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children. What do the children represent? Your productivity, your fruitfulness, your results. So what does God say? You're going to have more than the one that got a head start. I'm going to say it again. You're going to have more than the one that got a Look at me. Can, can we be honest? Sometimes when we're in that competition thing, because you don't recognize your assignment is different than somebody else's, you start looking at people that got a head start, and now you start comparing stuff. Let me prove it to you, because you'll start saying, well, they had that when they were 21. I had that. They had this. They had that. They had this. And God is like, I don't care nothing about none of that. In Isaiah 54, God literally says, I want you to sing a new song. I could care less what it's been. See, a lot of the times you're giving God reports about things he doesn't really care about. See, he cares about you, but not everything that comes out your mouth. Because some of what comes out of our mouth is us giving God a negative report of the well, Lord this and Lord that. And God is like, oh, my God, can you just sing a new song? <laughs> Isaiah 54 literally is an interruption. It has nothing to do with the previous chapter. God just all of a sudden out of nowhere says, ah, sing a new song. Because I don't care what happened in February. I don't care what happened March 10th. I don't care what harping at March 11 at 5. It's 7 something now, 8 something now. In other words, God says, listen, every moment you get new mercy, I want to hear a new song. What's my new song? That God is good to me. What's my new song? That he's faithful, that he gives me grace, that he gives me mercy, that he keeps opening doors, that everything I need, I have. That this storm, watch this, it ain't going to break me, it's going to make me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That whatever's frustrating me today, I'm going to be celebrating tomorrow. That this is going to be a historic week for me. I need you to say I got a new song. So listen, listen, verse 2. Here we go. So we start with prayer. All of Isaiah 54, 1, it's these instructions. Say instructions. Stay with me because it makes sense. Verse 2 of Isaiah 54, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. So now once they pray, they go to these next three. Plan, pain, possession. Four Ps. How many of them? I didn't say four. I said four. How many Ps? Four. All right. Prayer. Because here's the deal. Many times when you pray, don't you feel good when you pray? You should. Don't you feel strong when you pray? So here's what prayer does. Then prayer gives you a plan. Look at me. Prayer isn't an excuse not to act. Prayer teaches us how to act. Here's the deal. After I pray, then I get a plan. And when I start working that plan, look at me. I'm going to deal with pain. 
Pain is going to be discomfort. Pain is going to be, watch this, it is going to be, in some moments, you're going to feel like you can't even take it or bear it. You ready? And then after that pain, I get to possession. That's what Isaiah 54 looks like. Four Ps. You ready? Pray, plan, pain. It's really simple. You ready? Pray. Can I get everybody in the building, everybody online to say, come on, let's go. Everybody say it. One more again. One more again. One more time. Listen, listen. So look at verse 2. Enlarge. He gives them a plan. In the plan, he reveals the pain. He's like, you're going to have to enlarge. But what have we learned? The enlarging is the, are these contractions. And we learn from a woman with labor that it opens up, shuts down, opens up, shuts down, opens up, shuts down, opens up, shuts down, opens up, shuts down. And that's where if you don't learn how to manage your emotions, you will start thinking it's not going to happen. Because when it opens up and shuts down, you'll think the shutdown is the end. Which is why we pray, don't let my pain in me, but let my pain enlarge me. Because every time a woman has a contraction, what she can't see is that the birth canal is being widened so that what she's about to give birth to, that it's now, watch it, it's the right size for it to come through. Can I be honest with you? Maybe the reason that you've been in the birthing position you've been in for so long is because you didn't actually know what you were giving birth to. You thought it was just going to be you getting out of debt. It's about to be everybody that's, con okay. You thought it was just you breaking those generational curses. It's going to be everybody. I need you to just look at somebody next to you and say, the reason it's taking so long is because it's bigger than you first thought. That'll shout me right there. Say it again. Say, it's bigger than I first thought. Enlarge the place of your tent. So pain is a part of the plan. We, turned, we talked about this. The contractions are stronger the closer that you get. And watch me, we learned this, I'm just repeating, I'm going to get to new stuff in a second, that delay is not denial. Every delay is to our benefit. Because if God allows it to come out of the birthing canal when it's not wide enough, watch me, it can't happen. So what you were trying to have come forth, it's now, watch this, it's rejected from the birthing process. Which means now the birth is breached. So now, watch this. Now what was supposed to be natural, now we got to start cutting. Mm. And for some of you, what you don't understand is this pain is to save you from real big pain. Y'all missed that, what I just said. What you crying about now, watch this. What you didn't know is God was preventing something much worse from happening. And I need you to tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. He says, he says, he says enlarge the place of your tent. So pain was always part of of the plan, and we, we talked about this, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Stretching means discomfort. This means I got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I got to get comfortable at thinking it's good to only get an email five minutes later and find out it's not. No, look at me. I got to get comfortable thinking everything's okay to only wake up the next morning and it looks like ain't nothing okay. If you would listen to me, you would, watch me, you would stop letting your day punk you. Because some of y'all, I just had a rough day. The day did that to you? I thought you were a warrior. I thought you were a gladiator. I thought you were a fighter. How you going to let a Wednesday punk you? I wish you would release this on your road. Say, ain't no day going to punk me. Uh-uh, say it again like you mean it. Say, I'm not going to let any day beat me down. Release this over your road. Say, we got this. All right. Let's go further. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So first he says you got some discomfort. Then he goes on to say, listen, don't play it safe. Play it by faith. And, and, and this is important to understand because when you live large, you have to take large risks. The, the level of life you live is commensurate to your risk tolerance. And some of you, you won't risk beyond two miles from where you grew up. Some of you, you won't risk changing your diet. 
And you praying every week. I'm just believing the Lord to just take this weight off of me. I can show you how you take the weight off. I'm just, I'm just praying to the Lord, get me out of debt. You won't risk tithing. So that's your portion. Like God is like, listen, oh God, don't you see me struggling? We do. This is heaven's response. God, God what you gonna do? Nothing. I told you. Would a man rob God? Last I checked, I'm going to need that up off of you. So until then, struggle. Love you, though. Now, you know why it got quiet in the room there? Because we have made God in our image to think that he changes what he said and didn't mean what he said. Come here, Nene. Everybody open your mouth. Say, I said what I said. So God is like, listen, I, I see it. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, but I no, I'm not making a way. Nope, I told you what to do. Do that. God, I just all these relationship problems, and I just don't understand. You don't listen, no how. Your pastor said, watch out, and you just said you're going to do it, no how. Every message you got said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And you walked out of that message where the message was clear, don't do it, talking about, I'm going to fight. <laughs> you ain't listening, no how. See, see how quiet it get? I'm setting this up because we're about to go somewhere. You ready? He's like, Bishop, what does this have to do with fish? We going? Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. That means dig in. So I want to show you this story um, about something um, that deals with large fish. And there's principles that we're going to be able to extract out of it and use in our everyday life. Can I just get you to release this? Because I need to make sure that the faith level is right. Because if you, whenever you release something and the atmosphere is not right, and then watch this. It'll literally abort. And I need you to hear me. There's no going to be an aborting of what God wants to do in your life this year. Can, can I get you to just say that? Say, I will not abort this year. All right, so just open your mouth and say, I'm living large in every area of my life. Put a praise behind that Wednesday. Put a praise. Put a pra Come on, if I could get your praise to just get right there. Y'all ready? Say, it's my, turn. it's my turn. So let's look at this story. John chapter 21, verse number one. Now watch me. This is deep. So we're going to go line upon line, and, uh, and we're going to get this thing. All right? Y'all give me a few minutes, and we're going to get it. All right? John 21, one. After this, Jesus revealed himself. What does the Bible say? Again. Look at me. How many times he got to repeat himself? He revealed himself again. So can I get you to open your mouth and say this? Lord. I rebuke my hard-headedness. <laughs> Here's a tip about it. Is you can be hard-headed and God will still cover you, but you're not what you're supposed to be. And because you ain't, you know, laying out under a bridge somewhere, you'll think everything's fine. And God is like, but what you're doing ain't what I said to do. And I need you to know you sit next to somebody that, watch me, that, that they're going to live in everything God has ordained for them. Yeah. Why do you keep having me say stuff like that, Bishop? Because I need your faith to believe it. I need you to believe it about your own life. I need you to shake off fear. I need you to shake off doubt. And I need you to release that over your own life. Say, I'm living large. So he reveals himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Now, Tiberias, you ready? In Greek, that's the language of our New Testament. Here's what it means. Good vision. Where did we start this, this year in our first series? All things new. 2020 is not perfect vision. It's good vision, which means I don't have to wait until it's perfect to start making progress. I need everybody to release this. I'm coming off a hold. Y'all are not talking to me like I need you to talk to me. Please sound like an army. Say, I'm coming off of hold. I push you into whatever you've been putting off until next week. I pray that you get started on it on Thursday. I pray that you go home tonight and make it happen. Somebody said, I'm coming off a hole right now. Somebody said, I know I need to have that conversation. Pick up the doggone phone and have a conversation. You ready? Look, look, look. And he revealed himself in this way. Verse 2, Simon Peter. Now, notice, Simon Peter... Throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, throughout the Gospels, what's amazing to me is Peter has three different names. First we see Simon. 
Simon means snub nose, which means prideful. So Simon is what? Prideful. But then we see a second name when he starts making progress. Simon Peter. Peter is the name Jesus called him because he said, Peter, you're supposed to be a rock. Whenever Peter started reverting back to his old way, the Bible lets you know by changing his name. So when it says Simon Peter, let me give you context. What's happened? Jesus has come. He's walked with these guys for three and a half years. He's been crucified. He rises up, and then he comes back, and he begins to show himself to those that are his. These are these, he's 12 guys minus Judas, so 11 guys. They should get it. They should know it. But Peter denies Jesus. Stay with me. And Peter denying Jesus, he literally is not even named amongst the disciples anymore. So he says, go get my disciples and Peter. Why? Because Peter had disqualified himself because he had a moment of foolishness. Mm. I pray that you don't disqualify yourself from your future because of five minutes of stupidity. Lay your hands on yourself and say, one moment, it's not going to ruin my movement. Please open your mouth like you're going to let your mistakes know you ain't going to hold me down. Lay your hands on yourself and say, one moment will not ruin my movement. So when it calls him Simon Peter, look at me. What does it mean? He's operating in dualism. What is dualism? It means he's double-souled. What's your soul? Mind, thoughts, will, emotions. What does this mean? Peter has two minds about everything, two thoughts about anything, two uh, uh, wills about everything, two sets of emotions, which means Peter is literally his own worst enemy because he can't figure out what he's doing because when he say he's going left, the other side say go right. When he says it's going up, the other side goes down. So when the Bible calls him Simon Peter, I need you to know it's more than just identifying him. Look at me. It's identifying his mental state. It's identifying his emotional state. So it says Simon Peter, uh, then Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. So we got Simon Peter say one. We got Thomas say two. We got Nathaniel say three. Sons of Zebedee say four. And say and two others. And two others. Say it again. Say two others. Now, now, look at the sons of Zebedee. There's two of them, so we got seven disciples here. Now, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. All of them aren't there. But God is about to teach them a lesson. Sometimes there are certain lessons in your life everybody that's in your circle can't participate in. There are sometimes there are certain lessons everybody's not invited to the session. And I need you to be okay, because even when you try to explain it to them, they won't get it. Mm. Y'all watching? All right, let's keep going. Verse, uh, uh, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, watch this. I am going fishing. Stop. Remember what's happened now. You were walking with Jesus for three and a half years. You told Jesus, I ain't never going to leave you. I ain't never going to forsake you. Jesus says to Peter, look, man, before the day is over, you're going to deny me three times and then the rooster gonna crow and he denies him three times the rooster crows and the bible says peter's grieved and he goes into hiding look at me he abandons his assignment to go back to what he used to do come on y'all he abandons what he's created to do to go back to what he's comfortable in because he has now disqualified himself can I be honest with you? Your greatest fight won't be with external enemies. Your greatest fight will be with your inner me. But I need you to release this over yourself. Say, but I'm still qualified. Come on, open your mouth and say, say, but I'm still qualified. He says, but Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. Stop. Be careful that you are not being influenced by people that are in dualism. You trying to get their opinion and they got two of them. You trying to get their thoughts and their duel. They follow Simon Peter to go fishing. Why is this a problem? In Matthew 4.19, let's hitchhack over there. In Matthew 4.19, look at what Jesus tells him. He says, and he said to them, follow me and I will do what? Make you fishers of men. So he says to Peter, Peter, we're not doing regular fishing anymore. We are now fishing for people. We're using our lives, look at me, to change the lives of other people. Peter has a moment. He screws up. And Peter now says, listen, I am going back to what I used to do. You know why it's so quiet? It's so quiet because when I said that, most of us 
could think of areas where we went back to acting, back to doing, back to thinking the way we used to, as if God has never come into your life. But I need you to release this, say, but that's changing tonight. Come on, act like you got some faith. Please say, that's changing tonight. So his, watch me, his action was abandonment of his assignment. He lost hope because he messed up. And let's be honest. I mean, he screwed up. This is huge. Like, let's not play it down. You can never heal if you're not real. And most people won't even be honest about the fact that that was a major screw up. Let's just be comfortable in the room. Can everybody in here admit that you've had some major screw ups? Watch me, in the last 12 months. We all have. We all have. But look at me. But that's about to turn for you. God, I need some help in here, please. I wish you would open your mouth and say, that's about to change. Say, God's going to turn it for my good. So they say to him, we going with you. So stop. So Peter now negatively, Simon Peter negatively influences these guys. And the danger is, watch me. He's Simon Peter. He's prideful and strong. Which means he doesn't even recognize the error of his ways because his strength is now masking his pride. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to be careful that you're not so strong that you're the one that's about to fall. Because you don't even recognize that you're on the ledge. You ready? I'm, fin I'm coming for you. Let's go. Let's go. They said, we're going to go with you. So he influenced others. They went out, got into the boat, but that night, why, why is he talking about the night? Because you fish at night, you fish at night so you can catch something, which tells me something. There's something very interesting there because watch me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Let's be honest about when your emotions act up most. You going to look at me like that? All right. They got into the boat that night and they caught nothing. Look at me. Here's what's amazing. You're trying to go back. It ain't even working. <laughs> Trying to go back to who and what you used to be won't pro be productive for you anymore. Forward is your only option. I need you to lay one hand on yourself. Say, forward is my only option. Yeah, I know they called you trying to strike up an old flame, but baby, forward is your only option. Y'all ain't going to say nothing in here. S somebody say, forward's my only option. Look at this, look at this. Verse 4. Just as day was breaking. Wait a minute. This story sounds very familiar to me. You know why it sounds familiar? Because it's very similar to a similar fishing story in Luke 5, where they caught nothing. And God says, listen, cast your net into the deep. Which means God, watch me, God uses Peter's everyday life to teach him spiritual principles. See, sometimes you separate your everyday from God. And God is like, I'm trying to use your everyday to show you you. So for some of you, the reason your coworkers are the way they are, because God is like, I put a mirror next to your cubicle. It's quiet in here. This is rough, 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 rough. Look, look, look. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. So imagine, it's the second time he's about to reveal himself to them. He's already resurrected, and he comes on the shore. Jesus is standing on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Now, here's my question. How in the heaven, hell, and earth you walk with somebody for three years, three and a half years, and when you see them, you don't recognize them? Sometimes you are so close, you lose appreciation. And for some of you, when people start acting funny with you, let me teach you a principle. It's called the waterfall. That means back up. Some, see, y'all remember the waterfalls in the mall? Okay. Everything that was right up under the spigot didn't get wet. Only that which was far away, watch this, was able to be touched by the water. Which means sometimes, watch this, what God will do sometimes when you lose appreciation for him is that he will back up so that you can appreciate him again. Because you didn't appreciate when he blocked it last time, so this time he had to back up and say, but I bet you'll appreciate it this time. Open your mouth and say, Lord, let me recognize you this time. Look, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. They didn't recognize it. Verse 5, Jesus said to them, look at this, children. Now he's talking to grounded. I said it like that on purpose. 
He's talking to grown men. And to grown men, what does he say? Cheerin. Do you have any fish? Now, let's just, can we be honest? If somebody you don't recognize calls you a boy or a little girl, do you think you're going to answer their question? Okay, y'all ain't saying nothing. And let's remember what part of the world this is. This is North Africa. Okay. <laughs> Israel, all of that was called North Africa until post-World War II. Israel is on the African tectonic plate. All right, look, look, boy. The girl, look at what he asked him. How's doing it your way working? Did you get some fish? You know what's amazing to me? Is we got all of these new things. You got kids being diagnosed with anxiety. I don't know about y'all. But you got kids and you got teenagers dealing with stuff. I'm going to go. You're going you're gonna to lose me anyhow. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna, mm -mm, don't even clean this up. Where for all of your intellect, for all of your discovery, for all of your people are more depressed, more anxiety, more suicide, but you got money. Which means evidently your way of doing life isn't working. But this is just my truth. Your truth don't matter if it ain't the truth. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. We have a culture that wants to create all of these conditions where, where people are not prepared for the world because the moment they have a struggle, you want to give them some medicine. Y'all ain't talking to me. The moment they have a problem, you want to put them on a prescription. But I'm going to, y'all say nothing to me, but I'm going to tell you the God that I serve gives me the ability to live in the midst of mess and still be a have a message. I'm not knocking medical advancements. What I'm saying is, is what's amazing to me it's for all of these advancements. The statistics say human beings are worse than they've ever been, but they have more than they've ever had. Which means evidently doing it our way, come on, finish it for me, ain't working. And I need you to know you sit next to somebody that says, I'm not going to try to do it my way anymore. I want to do it God's way. Let's go old school church for a minute. Somebody say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Come on, say it with me. Say, Lord, have your way in my life. He says, he says, children, boy, how's it working? <laughs> Which is amazing to me because they answer him no. Which means while they couldn't recognize him, something in them had to know what he sounded like. Because they answer with an affirmative answer. Why would you answer a man who essentially insulted you? Can I go further? The word children there in Greek, here's what it means. It means one that's being trained right now. So when God says to them, children, he's saying, listen, we're having a training exercise right now. He says, the reason you couldn't catch any fish is because I wouldn't let you. I'm, doing, I'm taking you through a training exercise right now. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm just training right now. I'm just training right now. He says, do you have any fish? They answered him, no, no, not productive. Isaiah 54, barren. Barren ones. Y'all see the connectivity? Okay, let's go further. We're almost done. All right, y'all still with me? Verse 6, he says, cast the net. Now, he, he's on the shore. They out there. Jesus talking about, and just so you know, this lake is the deepest freshwater lake on the planet. Why are you telling me that for? Because that means that there are fish, perhaps, that you didn't even know were in there. Because the depths of where you at means that there's so much to be discovered, you'll miss it in one trip. Look what he says to them. He's on the shore. He's talking to them. He says, cast the net on the right side. Put it on the right side. Y'all ever had somebody hollering at you trying to get you to do something? And they didn't care who they were hollering around. <laughs> Cast, put the net on the right side. 
He says, and you're going to find some. Watch this. You ready? So they cast it. And now, what changed? What changed? What changed is they obeyed. They were starting out to do their own thing, and it didn't work. And the moment they obeyed, do you see right there? When they obeyed what he said, look, and now they were not able to haul it in. You had to obey somebody that you didn't even know if he had any fishing qualifications. Y'all ain't saying nothing. See, sometimes God's going to give you an instruction that you're like, that don't even make no sense. It may not make sense, but I need you to open your mouth and release it. Say, but it makes perfect faith. Come on, y'all. Let's close it out. He says, and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Stop. Last night, you didn't catch nothing. This the same lake. But this time when you did it, you did what I told you to do. I wish you elbow somebody next to you and say, do what you're told this time. Do. What does that mean? When I hear a message, I put it into movement. When I hear a word, I put it into action. When I hear something from God's word, I make it happen in my life. I need you to know you sit next to somebody that is going to obey God's word this year. It's not a popular message, but I'm trying to show you how to live large. So they were not able to haul it in because of the what? The quantity of fish. I need just for those of you who believe, watch me, that your next catch is going to be a big one. I just need you to say, it's going to be big. Uh uh, come on, in the building and online. Open your mouth and say it. Say, it's going to be big. Let's finish this. Look, 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 look. Say, large fish. That's the message. Look, verse 7. That disciple whom Jesus loved. So, this is the book of John. John's writing this, and he talks about himself in the third person. The disciple whom Jesus loved. So, who is that? John. Therefore said, wait a minute. To who? Peter. Which means in that moment when he obeyed, he was at his strongest. It is the Lord. But watch it shift. When Simon Peter, say, here he go again. Say it, say, here he go again. But when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his jacket because he was stripped to work and jumped into the sea. Let's walk this out. Peter, you wanted to go do your own little funky thing, right? So you're doing your funky little thing, doing it your way. All right? It didn't work. You even influenced some other people to do it your way. And it didn't work for now one of y'all. Got it? You obey what the Lord says to do. What does that mean for us practically? When I hear the word, I work the word. Say it with me. When I hear the word, I work the word. See, this is not this thing where you're listening for a voice. No, just get to a verse. All right? Look, they follow the instruction. When they follow the instruction, see, some of you are still holding on to unforgiveness. You're like, I'm not doing it. And God is like, well, neither am I. Just like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to. That's fine. Just know that you don't have no fish. And if you're a fisherman, no fish means no money, no food, no product. You're barren. You can't live large because you're in lack. And you're in lack because you don't listen. But I need you to release this. Say, but I'm listening this year. So when Simon Peter, so Jesus says, cast it out and, and, and do it. They catch fish. It's a lot of fish. One of them, John say, it's God. Then he goes back into dualism. He's like, uh-oh. I'm going to have to face who I disgraced. I'm going to have to have a conversation with who I colluded against. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. He said, I'm going to have to face him. And, and so what happens now? He's like, I'm not doing that. So for a moment, he runs. And I need you to lay one hand on yourself. Say, I rebuke the runner in me. For a moment, he runs. What does he do? He jumps in the water. Now, here's what's funny to me. Where are you going to go, Peter? The boat's over here. Jesus standing on the shore. Where are you going to go? 
this is not like a few yards away from the other side of the lake. Like, this is a huge, deep lake. Which means, look at me, God made it so that he had, watch me, even had he wanted to run, he wouldn't have had the strength to get to where he was running to. And for some of you, the reason your resources are the way they are is because God said, I'm not going to even let that be an option. That ain't going to be an option. You ready? Let's go to the next verse. We're getting out of here. Okay, y'all ready? Y'all ready? God, no. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, about what? 100 yards. It's a football field. They have a football field from the what? It's right there. From the land. Say, from the land. Okay, watch this. Verse 8. Or uh, let's go down to verse 9. When they got out on land, watch this. They saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid in it and bread. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Y'all been fishing all night. Didn't work for you. Because you're doing it your way. I tell you to do it my way. You catch fish. But I actually already had fish. Your rose is going to catch it in a second. Everything was laid out for them. So fishing wasn't what this was about. It was about obedience. And for many of you, coronavirus is the least of your concerns. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Virus is your concern. God was like, I didn't, there was no lack of food. There's no lack of fish. I just need you to do what I say. So you can see what I said. I need you to separate yourself, Peter, from you being dual. Well, one moment you obey, the next moment you don't. One moment you do what you want to do, the next moment you don't. Because this is messing you up, Peter. And I need you to be a rock. Because, Peter, there's about to be some lives you got to change. And I need you ready to live large because this is bigger than you. Somebody say, it's bigger than me. Can you say it again? Say, it's bigger than me. So verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you just caught. Verse 11, so Simon Peter, there he is, went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not turned. Listen, this was just Peter's catch because the others had already brought in their catch. Why does it numbers Peter's catch? To show what his disobedience was separating him from. God says, I'm going to count what you could have got. So that way, the next time you talking about, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. God is like, but remember that count. And I need you to release this over your life. Say, my count's going up. Although there were so many, the net was not turned. Verse 15. When they had finished breakfast. So this is crazy about Peter. I. This is what dualism will make you do. So you didn't jump in the water. You all wet, you know, fresh water. So, you know, okay, you wet. You still have to go to Jesus. You sit down. You have breakfast with Jesus. Y'all have a fish platter. And when you have a fish platter, you still have to confront him. What you were avoiding, you still had to deal with. This is why I need you to do it. Watch me. Everybody release this out of your life. Say, I got to do it now. Look, look. He says to them, yes, uh, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? The these that many theologians believe he's representing and pointing to are the disciples. He doesn't say that, though. So let's just say for a moment he's pointing to the fish. Do you love me more than the stuff I can get you? Or do you use and manipulate me to get stuff out of me? And when I ask you for one thing, you act a fool about it. It's quiet on this Wednesday night. He said to them, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Here's what I love about God. Is God, look, everybody look at me. God is going to keep talking until he gets what he wants. Y'all ready? So look. So he said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you, uh, 
do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He says, first feed them. Then he says, tend them. Look at verse 17. He said to him a third time, Simon, pride, son of John, do you love me? Watch the change. Peter was grieved because he said to them the third time, do you love me? Look at me, everybody. Don't get angry when you're questioned about your questionable behavior. You wonder why people are asking questions because what you're doing is questionable. And for everybody that feels attacked when you get questioned, that reveals that your motives were never right. It's quiet in this church. Shaba. Shaba. I. Do you love me? Peter gets grieved because he's like, why are you even going to ask me this a third time? Dude, you literally just tried to swim away from me. You didn't think I saw you jump in the water and start swimming and then come over here wet and the rest of them ain't wet? But you know what I love about God? Say, what's that, Bishop? God never said, hey, why did you do that? He's like, I already know. He said, you got this dual thing going on. Got this dual, and this dual thing makes it so that you're inconsistent. This dual thing makes it so that you don't communicate well. And so he's like, I don't even want to have that conversation. I literally, I got to meet because we just finished breakfast. I got to go. He says, he says, Peter, you're grieved. He says, Do you love me? He said to the Lord, You know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him. Feed my sheep. Look at me. All Jesus was concerned about was about moving forward. I need you to catch this tonight. Most of the times in our life where we experience dualism is because we are simultaneously trying to live in the present, the future, and the past. You will keep bringing up what used to be how it used to go. At the same time, talking about, but all things new. At the same time, worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. And we're about to close this thing out. You ready? So how do I break this? How do I, how do I come out of this? We're going to pray. Um, but then once we pray, somebody say, after we pray. I need you to get this. Living large isn't just for you. It's so that you can be a blessing. Can I get you to catch that? It's not just for you. It's so that you can be a blessing. So he's like, Pete, I need you to get this together because there's lives that are waiting on you. But you can't do it if you got two minds, two thoughts, two wills, two emotions about everything. How many people, we can be honest tonight, that just hearing that, you can be like, I didn't have me some dualistic moments. Watch me this year. That, that pretty much ought to be all of us. If, if no, the person next to you didn't raise their hand, they just had one. I don't know if I'm going to raise my hand. Raise it. No, I'm not going to do it. So can I get everybody to be able to understand? Everybody online to stand. If you can stand online. If you're in your car, don't stand up. Um, just say this. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. I ask that you would take away dualism in me. Dual thoughts, dual mentality, dual emotions, dual will. I just want one, and that one's to live for you. Not my will, your will. I want large fish, and to catch large fish, I have to first obey. Give me the desire to obey your will. Even if it's painful. Even if I don't understand it. In Jesus' name. Um, listen, let me tell you this, um, the sincerity of this message. I was woken up at 4 o'clock this morning. Um, whenever you're woken at 4 o'clock, that's a prophetic time. Um, that's uh, in 
teaching on spirits and things like that, pneumatology. That's called the witching hour. Uh, it means that is the time where when you're dealing with those who are operating in things like the occult, etc., that's when they begin to release those types of things. So I literally got up at 3.59 and I looked and I said, it don't feel like it's time to get up. <laughs> and I said, Lord, you know I am not the person of the morning. Um, let me tell you the, the, the importance of this. For some of you, your literal life depends on you not being dualistic. Because in your hesitation, you're going to get hurt. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. 